Welcome everybody to the live, yeah, yeah. live, live episode of Under the Mat Radio. This is your host, Tech, with co-host. And I see Game Boy, what it is, what it do. Yes, welcome everybody to Under the Mat Radio. Today's episode is called Rock and Draw Express. We <laughs> will have very great guests coming up to you. One of our guests who is currently uh, on the air, we will bring him on momentarily, is first the owner of the great comic book store, Third Eye Comics. Steve Anderson will be joining us. Also, uh, coming around later on that he will be on will be the promoter Red from Rage Pro Wrestling. We'll be talking about that national mm. TV deal and talking about that great um, show coming up, which will be called Fight Night. Then at the top of the hour at 8 p.m., we will have professional musician, professional actor, and songwriter Dan Acousta will be coming on. He currently just was a star on Weather Channel's uh, show, Fat Guys in the Woods, so he will be joining us. So with that being okay. said, this is your host, Tech. You can reach <clears throat> the show on Twitter at Tech underscore U-T-M-R. You can reach NFC Game Boy on Twitter at... You can reach me at NFC Game Boy, spelled correctly. Follow me, man. Y'all already know what it is. Yes, it is. Follow us on Facebook. Just type in Under the Match Radio. If you need to email us, type in Under the Match Radio at gmail.com. And we have an Instagram page, which is Under the Match Radio, all one word. Well, follow that being said, because we have a great man on the air right now live. I want to introduce to all on Under the Match Radio the owner, the big cheese, if you will, of Third Eye <laughs> Comics, Steve Anderson. Welcome. Hey, how's it going, guys? Thanks for having me. Hey, what's going on, man? Thank you for coming on. Yeah, I know. I'm stoked. I uh, I love comics and I love wrestling, so this is a good match. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, always, always. So with that being said, with you love comics, Steve, um, and you love wrestling, the first thing I'll ask you, since you're around comic books all the time, we're going to flip it over to the other area that you love, which is pro wrestling. Um Real quick, give us your early memories of pro wrestling. When you think of the word pro wrestling, um, what's the first thing or first wrestler that comes to mind? Oh, man. My favorite of all time is Taz uh, during the ECW era. That was when I started watching, like, like around the 90s, during the uh, the WWF Attitude Era and the WCW NWO Era. I got into it, and then shortly after getting into it, I got into ECW and Taz. I mean, I'm a pretty short dude, so I've always identified with him. <laughs> but no, he's a beast. He's always he was always a beast. His gimmick was incredible. Mm. Huh? Now, were you a fan of the ta- Taz? Or were you a fan of the Taz Maniac? You remember that back in the day? <laughs> I, I, to be honest with you, I came in after the Taz Maniac era, so I, I, I don't, I can't say I was a big fan of the Taz Maniac. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I, I was much more of a fan of the 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 towel over the head, uh, suplexing Terry Gordon kind of ties. Okay. <laughs> All right. FTW FTW Championship. Yep. Mm-hmm. Which, which I, I will say, um, me and NFC Game Boy, we really didn't get ECW here in Baltimore. Um, our buddies would get it. We really didn't get it unless we had satellites. And um, everybody kept talking about oh, FTW. I didn't know what it meant. Until I got a little older, so we're uncensored. Language you want, so I'm gonna let NFC Game Boy uh, say uh, what FTW means to those that wants to know. I'm not gonna say what FTW is because y'all should already know what FTW means <laughs> because this is a program. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> well, you know it's funny when um when that when that when the whole you know like in like nerd culture like people say for the win and stuff like that and they say FTW. 
Like yeah. when, when when that first started popping up, I, I you know I I was like I, I must be out of touch, man. That just doesn't make any sense. Cause I thought they were they were saying what it really meant, and I'm like, but they seem so happy. Why are they saying FCW? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, I'm gonna turn it over to NFC Game Boy so he can uh, uh start it off with a question. Yeah, well, sure. My first question. My first question to you is is that. First of all, uh, congratulations on your comic uh, business. I've seen your commercials around television, you know, Third Eye Comics and stuff. I know a lot of our fans have seen it in, in the you. metropolitan area. So congratulations on, on, you know, being, you know, getting up there in, in, in the business world. Um, what is Thank you. The, what is the number one uh, character that you can think of in comics that really makes you think of wrestling? Like what, what superhero or supervillain? that really kind of embodies uh, a professional wrestler to you? Oh, man, that's a good question. Um, you know, if I had to say it, I mean, I would say this is going to sound weird, but, I mean, I think that um, I think I think Batman is kind of like a good, you know, kind of a good parallel. Because um, mm-hmm. ordinary dude doing ex- extraordinary things, you know what I mean? And, um, you know, there's the colorful robes gallery, you know what I mean? Like, so, like, you have, like, kind of, like, that aspect of it. But then, again, you know, you also have, like, I mean, like, it really depends on, like, the different kind of wrestlers, too, you know? Like, my first instinct, honestly, when you asked it would be to say Tony Stark because he's got that charisma that, are, you know what I mean? But, yeah, yeah, I don't know, Batman, I think Batman would probably be the one I would go with. Yeah. Yes, Bruce Wayne. Okay. Bruce Wayne definitely would probably be a, a great choice. I will also accept that Bruce Banner. You know, if you yeah, no, Hulk, no doubt. You know, the Hulk is is definitely yeah. Uh, yeah. someone I would see who just you know I, is that is that John Cena's new thing now? Oh, I'm sorry, I, I get oh, it confused. God. You know, I, I apologize. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> 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 Steve, with that, um, when we talking about superheroes. Your personality, uh, who who do you feel you could relate to the most, human-wise? And I know we are, Batman is one of my favorites, of course. NFC Game Boy knows that. You know, I know NFC Game Boy, um, I know you love Deadpool. Um, nah. Who do you, uh, who do who you feel you did? I'm sorry, say that again? Who would be my favorite, like, the hero that I identify with the most? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, um... That's a good question too. You know, like I um, I, I like the bad guys. <laughs> like that's that's the thing. Like, you know, like I I like I like the bad guys. Like I love Lex Luthor. I think Lex Luthor and Darkseid are my two favorites. But um, I don't know. If I had to pick a hero. I mean, maybe like um, I don't know. I like the conflict of Tony Stark. I think he's you know I think he's a really interesting character, and I think he kind of especially with how Robert Downey Jr. kind of flushed him out. I think there's a lot that you can kind of find of yourself in that character. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, the, the the Hulk thing, you know, I mean, like, everybody has, you know, like, you know, so, I mean, I, I'd say Tony Stark probably if I had to pick a hero. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, like that. I understand. I like that. I like that answer. So, Steve, with that, <clears throat> with your comic book store, if you can... Uh, give us a brief history of Third Eye Comics. How did the name come about? How did the store start? Yeah, sure. So, um, so basically, I started working at a comic book store in uh, Bowie, Maryland, um, when I was about 
God, man, it's probably like 18. I grew up going to that store, and I just started working the counter there. And I did that um, until I was in my early 20s, and I, you know, left, and I did another job that I wasn't really too crazy about. And um, one day, I just got tired of my other job, and I quit, and I went back to the comic shop, and I said, hey, you got any shifts, you know, and started working there again, started delivering pizzas on the weekend, and uh, just saving every penny, um, you know, and selling my own collection off at, like, shows and online and whatnot. And uh, what happened was, was there was a comic book store in Annapolis that uh, had closed, and uh, their space was available. And I, I was friendly with the owner, and, you know, he, you know, gave me his blessing to kind of, like, take on, you know, the area. And, uh, you know, we opened up Third Eye, and the name actually, it's funny, but uh, I came up with the name probably almost 10 years ago when I was thinking about opening a comic book store or long before because back then people actually still used the phone book. So I was like, well, what's going to put me near the top of the, uh, the alphabet? And I was like, well, I could spell third numerically, uh, three R, you know, three RD. And, uh, that was originally it. Plus I wanted something that kind of had a nice roll up the tongue. And then there's the whole, like, you know, you know, the whole mythology and different cultures of like, you know, opening your third eye and, you know, you know, like, um, you know, the, the mysticism aspect of it and, you know, the imagination and stuff like that. So I, um, that's, that's kind of where the name came from. But anyways, um, my wife, Trish and I, we, uh, we took the store on and it wasn't doing well and we just worked our butts off for probably, uh, oh man, I'd say like two years straight, you know, it was about two years before we hired anybody and we just grinded and grinded and grinded. And then, um, you know, it just, we, you know, we went from that tiny little 800 square foot store into a 1200 square foot store. And then where we are now, which is a 5,000 square foot store. And, you know, it's all been through just giving good customer service and uh, having a good store and putting the work in, you know, I mean, those are the two keys. It's just treating people right. And, you know, having a place where people want to go. That's wonderful. Thank you. What makes third eye comics, different from the other comic book stores. There's other comic book stores, of course, that's around. Um, you know, we see the commercials and you see, you know, a comic book store here and there. What makes Third Eye so special and unique? We, our mantra, our motto, ever since we've opened, is we are the comic book store for everybody. That's what we want to be. And uh, in 2008, when we opened, uh, comic book stores were very exclusionary. You know what I mean? Like, it felt like you were interrupting a clubhouse. And, um you know, you go in and, like, people weren't that friendly and, like, you know, it was like, you know, if you, if you didn't really fit, like, the uh, the mold of the typical comic book customer, it just wasn't a good environment. You know what I mean? Like, people just, it wasn't welcoming. And, um, you know, a lot of people know the stereotype from The Simpsons, you know, with the, the comic book guy, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, that's, that's kind of, like, the anti about what we are. You know, we want to we wanna have a fun, awesome store that, you know, whether you're into this or that or whatever, we want everybody to come in. So whether you just got into comics or you're, you've been into it all your life or whatever, you know, that's what we want. And that's what really sets us apart, you know. I mean, when, when our stores are busy um, no matter what. And uh, when you come into our store on like a Saturday or like a new comic book day, I mean, you're going to see fans from all walks of life. And that's, right. that's been our motto since day one. Wow. Okay, well I have a question. What is the what is the biggest no no that a customer should not do when he enters a comic book store? What is like your pet peeve of running the store 
you know, I know having a store ran with books, you know, what is the, what is the one thing that you just shouldn't do when you come into a comic book store? Um, you know, I mean, honestly, there's really not a whole lot that, um, that, you know, I mean, like us and our staff, you know, we're, we're, you know, we're retail, we, 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 we believe like in the retail ethos of like, you know, basically always treating the customer right and understanding that, you know, everybody's different and every, every customer has a different set of, you know, expectations when they come into a store. Uh, that being said, the only thing I think that universally, um, could rub somebody the wrong way is if you ignore them, like coldly ignore them. Not like, you know, kind of like shrug or not, but like coldly ignore them flat out when they greet you. That's, I mean, that, that, you know, like, and I mean, like we're professionals, so we, we can roll with that and stuff. But like when you say, hey, man, how are you today? And somebody just like kind of zones straight past you, that, 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 that's a little, a little off-putting. But I mean, at the same time, we also understand that there's some people out there who are like super shy or super introverted they don't mean anything by it, you know, it's just, that's just what it is, you know, but, you know, it's still kind of, it, it makes the, um, it makes it harder for us to want to, to, to not to want, but to, to, to feel comfortable giving somebody service when they, when they shut you down like that, you know what I mean? Right. Okay. I wanted to say one last question to you, and yes, sir. I, I want you, when you, when you answer this question, I want you to think really hard. Right now, okay. in current wrestling, as far as in television and everything, what wrestler do you think will make a really great superhero or a really great supervillain? What wrestler oh, man. do you think will embody, you know, with you having your knowledge, your vast knowledge of comics and everything, what do you think, what wrestler will make a really great superhero or a really great supervillain? That's a good question. You know, honestly, um, to be honest with you, my, my knowledge of current wrestling is a little rusty, but there's some guys I keep up with. And if I had to say a good villain, um, man, the Wyatt family, they, that's like, they, they're just creepy. You know what I mean? Like that's, that, that to me looks like Batman villains. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and then, you know, I mean like I kind of, uh, I don't know, man. That's a tough call. That's a tough call. I, I, the Wyatt family would definitely be great villains, and I mean, like, um, you know, yeah, I think that's gonna be my pick. Okay. okay. I, I that cheating because there's more than one of them. <laughs> the Wyatt, the Wyatt family have their own entourage and, and their own henchmen. You know, Bray Wyatt has his right. own henchmen. Right. Yeah. It's like they're their own little gang. You know. Yeah, and and this time I was thinking, um, man, and it's a Game Boy fans. If I'm sure Steve, you of The Walking Dead, and I was thinking earlier that the Wild family actually would actually be pretty good villains in The Walking Dead. You can easily fuse them into the oh, no doubt in the comics. Mm-hmm. You know, trying to follow yeah, no doubt. What have you? Uh, with that also, Steve, with Third Eye, and I, I say personally, I, I love the store. Big shout out to my brother Devon. Thank you. He told me about the store um, about a year ago for my birthday. Devon and my girlfriend took me to the store. Oh, that's awesome. The guys, the guys. Oh, my Yeah, I will. Um, the guys were great. They, they talked. They, you know, they talked to everybody. It was one guy. I'm not sure his name. Um, every time we would ask about a comic book, or my girlfriend would ask, or my brother, he was like, "Oh, this little guy here." He would call each comic book a little guy. 
So it became like a little <laughs> inside joke between me and my buddy. <laughs> That's I, awesome. I That's awesome. I wish I knew his name so I could, um, if I go to the store, was he a big dude? So say it again. Was he a big dude? Nah, slim guy. Oh, slim guy. That's probably John then. <laughs> That's funny slim though. Called, yeah, slim Caucasian guy. If, if, when I go to the store, I'm, I'm gonna use that on him. <laughs> yeah, he's a good, good guy. I will say, you say the great customer service. Uh, works well with people. Very happy to work with everyone. Also. Uh, What's the best seller right now at the store? Right now, so our best sellers right now, our number one seller is Saga. Um, that's, that's probably our number one seller in both graphic novel and in comic books. Um, Saga's a phenomenal book. Uh, it's incredible stuff. And that book is just, it's a monster. Like, I, like you know, there's books that people will drop off their pull list. Nobody ever drops off Saga. When you're telling them their list and they get the Saga, they just like, keep going, you know. But um, outside of Saga, the uh, Scott Snyder, Greg Capullo, Batman—that's that's probably the that's probably tied right there, right then and there. Those are the two big ones right now. And Batman's had that top spot for God, man, probably like two years now, which is crazy. You know, that's a that's an impressive run because with the way the superhero comics often change creative teams and stuff, and I guess because they've had the same team for so long, that's why they haven't lost any steam. Uh, real quick, because I know uh, I know you're, you're short on time. Throughout your, you know, well, fans of comic books, throughout your history, what is the crappiest comic book or comic book angle that you've read so far? <laughs> you know, it's funny, man. Um, I um, I'm like, I, I get, I get, I get some, I get some flack, some flack sometimes for being like overwhelmingly positive, just because like it's hard for me to see the bad and even the bad comics. But there's definitely a couple out there where I'm like. Uh, that's no good. Um, I think the worst thing that I saw, and this is this is kind of an older storyline, but um, I really, really didn't like that DC thing they did a few years ago. DC Trinity, it was a weekly comic that came out. Mm-hmm. It um, it, it DC had been really kicking ass on the weekly comics. You know, they did uh, Fifty Two, which is you know, that still stands up as a great read, a great book. Uh, they did Countdown, which wasn't quite as good as uh, 52, but it was still pretty solid. And then out of nowhere, they did Trinity, and I'm like, I don't know who any of these bad guys are. You know, I'm like, I, I don't know how you can make a book with Batman and Superman and Wonder Woman as the starring roles. It's bad, you know? But it was it was pretty bad. That was, that was the one I wasn't that big on. But, I mean, at the same time, there's a lot of people out there who really like Trinity, so I mean, I'm sure it did something for somebody out there. It just it wasn't wasn't my thing. Okay. Oh, do you think for that? And real quick, Steve, just to know, you have one of the most common names there is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't know if you know, uh, man. It's a game where we have a second. We call what Google says about you, and uh, <laughs> Steve Anderson. You are a film director, a record producer, a financial agent. You're on an insurance agency. You're a musician. You have a couple of LinkedIn pages, a couple of other Steve Andersons in Maryland, baseline ventures. It's a lot of things. You sell guitars. She up the homeless money. <laughs> he does everything. Well, hopefully, hopefully the movies and the records I do are good. I, that's all I can say about that. 
Um, with that being said, I know we're at the twenty minute mark and um we talked off air and oh, we, prom- we promised uh you still got a few no minutes. Worries. Okay. Yeah, man, go for it. Yeah, right. Okay, so with that comic book movies. Comic book movies came out, you know, the Dark Knight Rises, the Dark Knight, Man of Steel. Uh, within the past year, Watchmen. what do you think were the best? Uh, I'm sorry, say that again. I know Watchmen came out a couple of years ago. Oh yeah, the Watchmen. Uh, yeah. Uh, we forgot about the um, what was that other comic book with the guys with the mint, not the Misfits. Uh, a couple of other lesser known comic book movies that came out that didn't do well. But uh, Steve, uh, let us know some of your uh, best and worst comic book movies that's that came out the past five years. Well, I'll tell you, in the last five years, um, I wouldn't say there's really been too many that have been bad. Um, I wasn't really feeling Dark Knight Rises. Um, you know, I, I I didn't like how they did Bane that much, you know. But um, that being said, I, I think pretty much everything Marvel's put out in the last few years has been like a home run. I really liked Winter Soldier. Like, that was, that to me, I think, is, is underrated. Like, that was a great movie. Everything about it was awesome. And uh, I like Guardians of the Galaxy a lot, too. But, I mean, like, I know those are recent ones, so, I, you know, it's kind of an easy one to be like, oh, the two new ones are my favorites. But those those are the ones that really, really dug. Um, you know, honestly, the other ones that I think are really good are um, Iron Man. I, you know, the first Iron Man, that really kind of, like, kicked it off and, like, showed everybody, like, what you can take kind of, like, not the not Iron Man, but you can take what most people didn't view as a number one tier character and, like, make a movie around it, you know? Like, he wasn't necessarily a Batman or a Superman or a Wolverine or a Spider-Man, you know, before that movie came out. And, um, you know, the other thing that I I often, when people ask me this question, I often kind of, like, always like to get a shout-out to, like, a lot older than five years, but I feel like it's responsible for pretty much all the Marvel movies now, and that's the uh, the first Blade movie, because the first Blade movie, when that came out, that was the movie that, like, really showed people superhero movies can be serious. Hey, real, mm-hmm. real quick, Steve, we have a we have a caller um, on the line. Uh, you don't mind taking the call, do you? No, no, go for it. Okay. Are you called uh, 443? Uh, welcome to Under Radio with Steve Anderson, Tech, and NSC Game Boy. Hey, Tech. Hey, hey buddy, this is Ritzy? Yep. Hey, buddy. Hey, Ritzy, hey, how you doing, live with I'm doing good. How are you doing? Good, man. Good. Good, good to hear from you. Did you uh, have any questions for Steve Steve Anderson? Uh, on, I just want to back to your conversation about the best and worst comic book movies. Okay. All right. Go ahead. Uh, what about uh, the Green Lantern or the Green Hornet? Hmm. What are you hey, guys' Steve? opinions on those two? You know what? I'm going to be honest. I um, I think Green Hornet was bad as everybody said it was, but I didn't think it was that good either. Um, and Green Lantern, I mean, I'm, I'm you know, there's there's a lot more potential there. Um, it did have some stuff in there that was cool. I only saw Green Lantern once. I probably won't see it a bunch more. Um, but I mean, like I, I again, I didn't think it was that bad. But I mean. I grew up watching superhero movies in the early 90s, man. That was with David Hasselhoff was Nick Fury, and, like, Captain America was fighting an Italian Red Skull. So, like, those were bad superhero movies, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. 
right, uh, NFC Game Boy, let you go uh, next. Green Hornet and Green Lantern. Uh, I actually like the Green Hornet. I will agree with Steve. It, you know, it was it wasn't bad, but it just wasn't that good either. But it was it was comical. But you know, it's hard to really do because when you think of Green Hornet, you think of Bruce Lee. Um, I didn't like the Green Lantern. I really don't like the Green Lantern character anyway in DC. So the movie really didn't appeal. And you know, Ryan Reynolds. You know, it's hard to take him seriously as an actor sometimes because when you're seeing him, he's always jokey, jokey, laughy, laughy, which yeah. why. Him playing uh, Deadpool will fit very, very well, you know what I mean, and everything. So uh, I have to agree. I, I wasn't a fan of Green Lantern like that, but Green Hornet it, it wasn't it wasn't bad. It just wasn't that good either. Yeah. Well, um, real quick, uh, Team Boy, what did you what did you think of uh, Ryan Reynolds in uh, Blade Trinity? Oh, I, I hated Blade Trinity. I, I hated the whole. Movie. <laughs> I, I hated the whole movie. <laughs> like I, I, I do not like Blade Trinity at all. I don't. I don't like Triple H. I, I didn't like the story. How to kill Wesler and all from. I just. I hated the whole movie. It was an abomination. You know, it's up there with like Mortal Kombat two and 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 all the other. Yeah, Roll Cop three and all the other horrible video game uh, comic movies. All that. Yeah, it, it was bad. <laughs> well, real quick, Rusty, um, give us your take real quick. Uh, what, tell us what you thought of Green Hornet and uh, Green Lantern. Uh, I really didn't like Green Lantern, but in uh, Green Hornet, I just think it would have been better if they used somebody different than Seth Rogen. Yeah. Uh, that, mm. I it's do hard to see him that. playing a comic book character. That is true. Well, Rissy, anything you want to, anything else you want to add, Steve, real quick before we let you go? Uh, no, that was it. All right, buddy. Thanks, thanks okay. for calling. Thanks for calling. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, okay. man. Appreciate it. No problem. All right, Steve. Uh, you got a couple more minutes, so you need to go ahead and run. I can, I can, I can, I can hang for another another minute or two. No problem, man. Okay, cool. cool well, I'm gonna cool. turn over to the NFC Game Boy and let him close it on out with you. Okay. Okay. Well, we we've already talked about wrestling. We already talked about comics and stuff. Um, my last question to you is a personal question. I, I hear that you're married. Congratulations on your on your marriage. And congratulations you. on the fact that you and your wife, you know, was able to to have a a, a a business that in this media age with digital and everything and internet and stuff. And, you know, everybody can just go and download and click. I know how hard it is to, to be a novelist and to sell books and especially comic books and stuff to kids when they can just get the access themselves. But my last question is, is that in the next five to 10 years, what is the goal that you see for third eye comics to make, not just in business, but personally in your life? You know, honestly, I mean, the best part about our job is the relationships that we build with people. And as we we, we opened our second store in uh, 2011, and uh, that store has been open about three years now. And uh, it's really cool to me to meet people who shop at that store. I don't, I'm not usually at that store, but to meet people who shop at that store, and that store has impacted them. And you know, our 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 general mission statement has been carried out by our employees in a way that, like, you know, our staff makes people feel good, you know, and, like, that that makes me feel good because that means that we're doing something right. 
at, at the end of the day, in 10 years, I just want to make sure that there's more and more people reading comics. And if that means putting more third eyes in different areas, different places, that's what I got to do and that's what I want to do. But the main thing is just making sure that more people are finding out about this great medium that ju- is just now starting to get the credit it deserves, you know? Yeah. Uh-huh. I agree. And Yeah, I do agree. And uh, with that, too, Steve Anderson, since your name is so common, I will email you some uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> some, uh, some some personal requests from attacking uh, the NFC Game Boy right after the show. But real quick, thanks much for being on the show. Thank um, you very much. Thank you. I, I know you're very busy. Um, I believe we met at the Comic-Con this year. Uh, did, yes, sir, yeah. Okay, yeah. Let everybody know yeah, that you, was uh, me. Uh, Tech uh, met uh, Steve Anderson, brought the Deadpool, kills the Marvel Universe graphic novel. <laughs> this is a very great. Um, I recommend that for anyone. And Steve was the person that actually uh, <laughs> helped sell it to me. <laughs> so, <laughs> great read. I do love it. And it's a Game Boy, you're a Deadpool fan, so uh, that's something you should uh, end up copying soon. But, Steve, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely you go. Take it. Yeah, this is great. Oh. It should make it into a movie. Uh, Steve, before we let you go, um, go in and plug anything you need. Let anybody know how to contact Third Eye Comics, anything that's coming out soon. I know you have a lot of exclusive items that's on your website, so you can go ahead and uh, say that now. Yeah, sure, yeah. Well, tomorrow, obviously, is New Comic Book Day, and this week alone is stacked with uh, some really big books. you got the female Thor debuting in Thor, Thor number one. Uh, Sam Wilson, the Falcon, debuts as Captain America and Captain America 25. And then there's a brand new series coming out called Men of Wrath, which is about uh, crazy hardcore hitmen, and it looks really good. But uh, but all those books are going to be out tomorrow uh, at both Third Eye Comics locations. We're in Annapolis, Maryland, and Southern Maryland, Lexington Park, Maryland. And uh, you can find us on the internet at www.thirdeyecomics.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Third Eye Comics, and you can find us on Instagram at Third Eye Comics as well. Okay. Well, Steve, uh, thank you very much. Uh, big old Steve Anderson, everybody, the owner of Third Eye Comics. Uh, we'll be talking. Uh, I'll be sending you an email uh, with some more details. But thanks, much, Steve, for coming on. We will meet again soon, and uh, you have a good day. Thank you so much, guys. I really appreciate you having me on. You all have a good night, all right? All right, you we too. do the same, man. Thank you for coming. Thank you. Take care. All right. Everybody, that was the owner of Third Eye Comics. Steve mm-hmm. Anderson, what a great interview. NFC Game Boy, your quick thoughts? Yeah, um, great guy. You know, it's I get a chance to uh, fans to interview uh, a man who has a vast knowledge of comics, and and uh, you know he's a local guy, and that's really oh, yeah. another big thing. You know, I like, you forget about the old mom and pop stores and stuff, and you know you go to big corporations and stuff, and you forget about you know the little guys who who, you know, put all that effort and time. So shout out to, you know, Steve and his wife and for doing a phenomenal job with their eye comics. If you're in the metropolitan area, ladies and gentlemen, please stop over, you know, check it out. Take your kids, you know, if you used to be a comic book fan like myself, you know, used to be a collector, go and check out some of the new stuff, you know, go go and check out and support. And uh, can't wait to have him back on, you know, get the chance to ask more questions, pick his brain, find out what's more going on in, in the comic verse. And uh, more wrestling inquiries. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag comic verse. I like, yeah, com- I like that. I want to give a big shout out to you to uh, 
my man Ritzy, good old buddy, faithful listener. Thank you for mm-hmm. um, for calling on. Always a pleasure to hear from Chris, man. Good guy. And and I apologize, it's a text fault. And if you game boy, the number to call in to talk to us is seven six zero. We actually know this by heart now. Seven six zero eight 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 five seven four nine. Repeat it again, 760-888-5749. So, that is the number to call in. Please press 1. You can call us in at any time to speak to me, speak to NSC Game Boy, but also speak to our great guest host that we have coming on. And in momentarily, we will pay Red, the great promoter of Rage Pro Wrestling, will be calling Rage. in momentarily. Yes, Rage. <laughs> <laughs> but Steve Anderson is a good guy. Um, I'm that's how I met him at Comic Con this year. I uh, brought the Deadpool book. Very nice guy. We laughed and joked. You know, this, uh, you know, shot the breeze for a little bit. Talked about comics, a little bit of wrestling, and very personable guy. Big ups to his wife. And it's good when you can do something you love and have the the backing of you know your, your other half. You know, your wife and, and the kiddies. You know, the four kids and everybody. So very good. Yeah, we somebody else. So, uh, NFC Game Boy, uh, any comics you will be uh, picking up soon? Well, of course, I like the, the Deadpool Kills uh, Marvel Universe. I definitely want to read that. And, uh, you know, I, I'd be interested to check out the new Thor, the female Thor, just to, uh, to give a, a glimpse of how the character will be. You know, Thor is this testosterone guy who who usually just goes in, you know, straightforward, and, he, you know, he's not really good at planning, of course, so over the years. So to see a woman take charge and have that role, you know, it's, you know, something to see, you know, definitely. Um, expansion of, of how comics are really touching, you know, other areas. How about yourself, Ted? Well, it, there, there's a couple of comics that I know that, um, big ups to good old uh, buddy, sports buddy Pat. I know she loves Wolverine and uh, loves a whole bunch of comic book fans, uh, comic books. So uh, Pat and a few other my buddies, Brandon, was talking about they have a good series called The Death of Wolverine. Yes, they have a good series coming out. Well, actually, it's out already about how Wolverine dies to kill off Wolverine. So I definitely want to be um, getting that series. But the first series is uh, Three Months to Die. It uh, leads you to the story arc of how Wolverine is going to end up getting killed off. So it's Three Months to Die is the first series, and then the second series is called Death of Wolverine. I believe the series is done. If not, it's almost at the end, but I definitely will be getting that. And there's another series called, I believe, East to West or East from West. I know it has something to do with East and West. I saw it briefly talking to Steve about these uh, four horsemen of the apocalypse and uh, one of the Three of the horsemen traded on. It sounds like wrestling. Three of the horsemen traded on one. He's coming back for revenge for his wife. You know, the whole story. But the artwork coming from an artist, that I am, the artwork looks great. Um, I'm a fan of the gritty, gritty comic book stuff, like The Punisher, The Dark Knight. I like the dark stuff, not all that 4K stuff that WWE gives you today. So, <laughs> so we're momentarily mm-hmm. waiting for Red to call. I know he's in his office. Busy working on the next event. <clears throat> Real quick, while we're having this time, we want to give a big shout out to Jimmy Morris. Big shout out to ACW. They have a great, great show coming up called ACW Gold Rush. 
will be live, live, live in October. We will give mm-hmm. you more information on that down the line. And it's the game, boy. Yeah, um, a lot of great promotions are having uh, events in October. Um, we, we so many in the name. So make sure y'all check out, you know, our uh, under the mat Facebook page. Uh, make sure that you you like it, become a part of it, you know, and uh, we can give y'all that information, let y'all know about upcoming local events. Um, talk about what the current product, you can call us TNA, uh, WWE, uh, Ring of Honor. And of course, you know other promotions rage uh, up there in the name, and uh, you know we're we're gonna try to get y'all as much information as we can, you know, getting it out there to the masses. And just let everybody know, uh, ACW Gold Rush is live, 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 live on October tenth, two thousand fourteen, on Friday. Any information on tickets, please hit up ACW. Hit up Jimmy. Uh, Morris, or you can uh, hit me up, uh, or NFC Game Boy. We definitely will be there. Uh, mm-hmm. Want to give big ups to our buddy Kendrick. He's resting well. Um, he ended up getting into a little accident, but he's doing fine. He is scheduled to go against uh, WWE former superstar The Boogeyman, uh, meet the Hart Foundation, meet and greet Bret the Hitman Hart, and Jim the Anvil Nodhart. Uh, we will see Sabu in the Extreme Rules match versus Prodigy, the current ACW champion. Our good old buddy, one of the great top female wrestlers, Casey Carlisle, will def- be defending the Women's Championship match versus Sarah Feeney. And, of course, other great guys, our good buddy, Andy Von Berg and the winners, Ray Byrne, Jimmy Dream will be there, of course, and others. All that out the way, we have live, live, live from the offices of Rage Pro Wrestling. We want to bring in Red. Welcome, brother. How are you gentlemen hey. doing tonight? Oh, we excellent, sir. Uh, yes, we just had a great dinner this evening, myself and my family. And uh, now I'm back here on the air with you guys, which is always great. Oh, yeah. Oh, thank you, thank you. Now, Red, you know, we were we had the blessing and the honor to be at the, the first great Rage for Wrestling event. Now, this event's coming up. October 18th, fight night. Talk about it, man. Let everybody know what's going to be on the card and why this is going to be even bigger and better than the last event. Well, what we're trying to bring to the table is with this show and with our GM, Andy Weinberg, he wanted to go ahead and see what Robbie Illuminati had left in the tank after uh, going one-on-one with Justin Credible. So he shocked everybody and uh, got the Sandman to come in to challenge Robbie Illuminati for the World Heavyweight Championship. And right now we're keeping a close eye on Andy uh, just to make sure he's not trying to play favorites and uh, let him put together a great card. And so far he's delivering with everything he said. All the way down we got uh, Riot City's Most Wanted taking on the Southern boys themselves, the Brutes, and we're still waiting to hear the stipulations for that match. Uh, We have ECW original from himself, the Blue Meanie, will be in town. Uh, He's always fun to be around, great in the ring, great with the fans. Not sure what he has in store for Rage Pro Wrestling, but I can't wait to see what happens. Uh, We got the other members of Riot City coming in. Uh, 
can't wait to see what those guys are going to bring to the table. Aaron Riot and Michael Zameda, they had a phenomenal match, which was the very first match in Rage Pro Wrestling history. And I don't know what they're going to do to follow this thing up, but those are two very talented wrestlers. Can't wait to see them in the ring. Hmm. Mm. Uh, a card. People, it is. Now, people wondering, Rage, you have a national TV deal. We're blessed to be a part of it. When yeah. can the fans all around the world get a chance to be able to V-Rage Pro Wrestling on national TV? Well, our first taped episode was in Hanover, and that was the August 16th show. Uh, everything, you know, went to post-production. Post-production actually got completed a week ago. Uh, the entire first episode is cut. It is on its way to MAV TV to air on Dish Network and DirecTV. Got to get my shameful plug in there. So <laughs> make sure you check your local listings starting November the 16th. You heard it here. November the 16th. <sighs> heard it here. And also, real quick, cross promotion, MAV TV, great channel on, believe, Dish Network, DirecTV, other cable subscribers. A fellow uh, brother in the in, in Mav TV, Jim Cooley, who's a award-winning uh, ring announcer, will be joining Under the Mat Radio in the next coming weeks, and he works for Mav too. So he sends his uh, congrats to you, Red, to Rage for Wrestling. He says he's a big fan of our show, and he'll be coming on to our show in the next few weeks. Well, that's great. I'm gonna you know get uh, off the air with him. Uh, Tom, I'd like to you know talk to him and, you know, thank him again personally if he's part of Mav TV to, you know, thank him for letting Rage Pro Wrestling be a part of their uh, network family. Okay, we definitely will do that. Rage, Rage Pro Wrestling. Right now, well, by the end of October, will be the only the second wrestling promotion with a national TV deal. TNA, Spike is letting them go after October. Of course, WWE isn't going anywhere. It's only you, Red Rage. Well, There's I a mean, lot of sh- there. Well, let me correct you just a little bit. You know, we okay. got Ring of Honor that's out yeah. there. You know, WWE, of course. Uh, there is, um, I believe, it's Hollywood Championship Wrestling. I think they're they do air oh, somewhere. Yeah. Uh, I believe um, on Mav I believe. Yeah, they just don't get pushed much. Um, okay. On there, but they are on the air, so I want to give them a shout out and recognize that, you know, because we're all about, you know, especially with indie wrestling, it's all about promoting each other as best we can. So I want to give a shout out to them guys and all the hard work they do to make it on TV because it's hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely is. And big ups to all the promotions out there that are fortunate and have the luxury of being on national TV. That is a big step. It is a big step. Question for you, NFC Game Boy. Tech, we want to know, and a lot, a lot of fans out here want to know. There's a lot of wrestling shows that's going on around the same time as Rage. A lot of promotions. Red, how do you feel about that, and does it affect you at all? Does it affect your mindset? No, my mindset is, uh, you know, it's all about building our brand. Um, you know, it takes time. It's not going to be an overnight process. We're going to stick to what we believe in, which is, you know the up-and-coming talent that nobody gets a chance to see or get, you know, publicized. And that's why, you know, MAV-TV liked what we brought to the table. 
we weren't going to be bringing in, you know, recycled talent, so to speak, all the time. Um, you know, from TNA, um, WWE, even guys like, you know, Tommy Dreamer, Robbie E., who were on our first card, had a hell of a fun match. You know, that's not Rage's brand. Rage's brand is all about people like the Brutes, Riot City, Michaels Almeida, Rex Lawless, and our champion, Robbie Illuminati. These are the guys that really deserve to be showcased. We're not going to be a promotion that, you know, just brings in, you know, constantly Hall of Famers, load up our card with just that, and, uh, you know, basically have, you know, our indie guys just that really bust their ass to make our brand. I'm not going to put them in there just to job over, you know, a 50-year-old Hall of Famer. (laughs) What are you saying can you be more specific? You talk about other promotions that may be bringing in uh, some people call recycled talent, um, stars of yesteryear, um, stars uh, that's on the posters and not really seeing much of the local or the specific talent, if you will, of, of the actual brand. Um, do you have any promotions in mind or anything that pops in your head to be more specific? Well, first let me just give a shout-out to the guys who I think are doing it right. Okay. Uh, Jimmy Dream down there in ACW, uh, mm-hmm. I like what he's done. You know, he's down there in Maryland, you know, he's busting his ass, you know, to put on good shows. Uh, yeah, he brings in, you know, the occasional, you know, Hall of Famer. Uh, you know, it's big-time pro wrestling in ACW. They are putting on a hell of a card. But don't forget, Jimmy Dream also runs every month, so you can see the homegrown talent of ACW and the up-and-coming stars of Rage Pro Wrestling as well, and you got one CW over there in Delaware, you know, they got some homegrown talent over there, they're, they're doing it right, you know, um, so I just want to give a shout out to those promotions quick, because, you know, that's, you know, it comes down to supporting the ones who are going to support your company, um, right. you know, now, you asked me who or what I don't like, I don't like a promotion that advertises, uh, whole bunch of Hall of Famers that don't wrestle, okay? They don't wrestle, okay? They barely do, like, guest refereeing anymore, whether it be a health condition or, you know, just, you know, age. So what ticks me off is when a promotion puts up a big poster, has all these Hall of Famers on it, and Mm -hmm. doesn't let the fans know, guess what? you got to buy a ticket to get in the door, then we're going to charge you twenty, forty, fifty dollars for an autograph. I think it's deceiving as shit. Wow. Okay, if you're going to do that, put it on your damn poster. Don't just be out for the money. You know what I mean? It's it's bullshit. And I I I, I might as well just say it. MCW. Dan McDevitt. Okay. Wow. Ten years ago, Dan McDevitt was putting on awesome shows. You know, all that homegrown talent in Baltimore, Northern Virginia. I mean, shit, that's where Kristen York came out of. You know, then he got his break in TNA. I mean, and now it's like, how many Hall of Famers can I put on my card and sell more tickets and up, you know, then also when a fan gets in the door, I'm also going to charge you for that autograph. 
Then you got to buy the 8x10 to get it signed on. You know, tell the fans up front, Dan, hey, I'm trying to make as much money here as possible, so buy my ticket, then also buy my autograph tickets and buy my 8x10s because now I'm only in it for the money. I'm not in it for the wrestling. I mean, he has some great wrestlers. Look at the Hellcats. Okay, those guys are a phenomenal tag team. Okay, you got McBride down there. Hell of a wrestler. You know, you got a lot of these guys who are really talented. But the only thing Dan's concerned about now is putting a poster up with all the WWE people on there, or WCW, you know, TNA. And his only worry nowadays is, well... I'm going to fill a house on these Hall of Famers because I don't have faith in my indie guys. That's what you're telling everybody. So, Dan, if you're listening, I challenge you to put on an indie show. Okay? If you want to put on a Hall of Fame show, please do so. Only Hall of Famers. But start giving your indie guys a little bit more credit than what you're doing now. I might be new to the business, but I'm not new to wrestling. And you've lost touch with what wrestling is. It's not about the big names. It's about making the big names. You know, he, you know, Lita got her break there. Yeah. You know, that's Lita, when Dan Lita. was. Yeah. You know, that's Matt when, Hardy, you know, Dan was. Yeah. That's when yeah. he was. Matt Hardy's one of the few performers he has on his card that comes in and wrestles his ass off. Night in and night out. You know. When it comes to the marquee stars that he brings in, you know, his indie talent, they always deliver, you know. But right. he has Brett the Hitman Hart, he has Lita, he has DDP, uh, all of them coming in. But I want you to look at his posters. Does it say anything about, oh, you know, tickets are $40 and then autograph tickets are going to be 30 to 50 No, it's deceiving as shit. I mean... I challenge anybody to say I'm wrong because I'm not. But I, I just think MCW is basically, you know, they're doing their little tour. You know, they're going into Delaware. They're going into Hagerstown. They're going into Frederick. You know, I don't know if Dan won the lottery or if he got a backer. But you can move the show around all you want. But after a while, I, I, the fans are going to see right through speaking it. Of that, speaking of that, Red, we have a phone caller. Um, area code four one oh, welcome to Under the Mat Radio with Red from Rage Pro Tech and NFC Game Boy. Hello, caller. Four one oh. Caller four one oh. I'm here. Okay. Hello. Uh, I guess we. I think we lost him. I think we might have lost him. Caller, if you can, please call back. Uh, we did have a caller. I believe he wanted to shine some light on that. But, yeah, I well, mean, you know, I, I'd just love to see him put on shows again where it's about his talent, you know, and about people that are going through his training facility. You know, Dan is one of the best minds that have been around in wrestling, but now it's like, what you know, let's just do superstars, you know, that were big, you know, 15, 20 years ago. You know, if I wanted to do that, I'd watch Legends House. <laughs> well, Big, Big Red, let me ask you a question. With with someone, a businessman, 
like this, who, who's taking his, his stars of uh, MCW and using them in this manner, you know, what merit does that leave them with, you know, after their, their fans is watching them constantly lose or maybe win, you know, sometimes, but mostly lose to the up-and-coming uh, stars who's already been established, who've already been Hall of Famers and stuff. You know what? What does what the psyche does to that to the stars and to the fans who's watching this? You know. Well, I mean, here's the thing: half of the guys who are currently going on the tour that are, you know, Hall of Famers and whatnot, you know, they're great guys, but they don't wrestle. I mean, Brett the Hitman Hart. I mean, easily one of the best wrestlers of all time. He's definitely top five. Mm-hmm. You know, DDP. You know. Worked his ass off. He was in his late 30s before he got a break. You know, again, he doesn't wrestle. You know, God bless him. You know, great guy. And he also, great yoga, by the way. Uh, just picked up the system. So, uh, big shout out to that. Great job, DDP. Maybe I can drop a couple uh, things here off my six pack, I should say, because uh, <laughs> it's not the six pack form that normal people have. But, uh, you know, psyche-wise, I can't speak on to the psyche of a wrestler. I'm not one, you know. So I'm not even going to attempt that question, Game Boy. I think that's something mm-hmm. to ask one of Dan's boys, you know. But what I can tell you is it's pretty sad when, you know, Dan McDevitt picks up the phone and calls somebody and expects them to wrestle for free and put wow. over these guys or to say, here's 20 bucks. you're wrestling on an MCW card, that should be valuable to you. How's it valuable? Put them in a match. How how can these guys have a match with wrestlers who who can't even bump anymore? Wow. You know that's not a that's not a match. You know, Jesus Christ, what are you going to do? Bring out icy hot Metamucil? You know, during <laughs> intermission. <laughs> well, that tough acting to neck. And remember that commercial. <laughs> well, and and I'd like to bring this up. Okay, sure. now, we we all talk off the air. We text. Mm-hmm. You know, you guys are on the inside track with Rage. You know what's going mm-hmm. on. I think it's time to share a little story about you guys and Dan McDevitt. Mm. Okay. Sure. sure. I would love to do and, that. And, and, and here's how I look at it. I'm just going to say my little piece about this. You guys work your ass off every week to provide a good show, whether it's with wrestlers or entertainers, true entertainers, you know, actors, celebrities, you know, authors, artists, you know, Hall of Fame artists, you know, and you guys get recognized by these people. They wouldn't be calling into your show if they didn't want to be there and be a part of it. You know, everybody from Harley Race to the gentleman you know, up at Comedy Central, you know, all the way down to the small guys on your show, like myself, an up-and-comer in the indie wrestling scene. But I think Dan McDevitt needs to be called out on this because you guys are supposed to have been doing interviews, okay, with some of these big stars at his shows, and he has turned you guys away. Now... I think it's time to tell the listeners a little bit about this story because you guys are great. I think it's time to share with us because people walk on eggshells when they talk about Dan McDevitt. He isn't God. You know what I mean? He's a wrestling fucking promoter. That's all he is. Besides that, you know, 
Dan McDevitt's not in the WWE Hall of Fame. You know, Dan McDevitt. Yeah, he's like us. Mm-hmm. He 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 works. He bleeds. He sweats. He has a family. You know what I mean? So why don't you guys share your story with your fans about MCW and Dan McDevitt? Well, you know, I I, I can give a real quick take uh, since we have about five minutes left. I, I know. Uh, me and the NFC game boy, you met Dan about over a year ago when we started the show. Uh, we were supposed to get some work done, get some interviews. Uh, we were supposed to do some work, but um, Dan really didn't give us a, uh, a time of day. Uh, Dan really uh, let us get any interviews with any of the big stars. Give big shout-out to some current MCW stars. Uh, you know who you are that we are personal friends with, and we're thankful for getting on. But Dan McDevitt did not give us a time of day. We didn't get any interviews. Uh, he went to our former network that we were under, went to them instead of us to try to get them to do interviews instead of us. But, of course, they didn't work because the former network is dead, it is in the water, and that is why we're here with the great network that we're with now, PWP. And it's the Game Boy. You can, uh, I'm just, I'm just going to add to it because it's a little deeper than that. You know, respect is, is, isn't, isn't given, it's earned. And we have right. bust our asses on this show to give you fans the best in, in the in the independent promotions and what's going on uh, in the WWE, TNA, Collegiate, you know, whatever. We've done that. And what Dan McDevitt has done is tarnished us by going out there saying that uh, my co-host is a mark, and that's a wrestling term. If you don't know, then uh, you hit the NFC Game Boy up, he'll explain to you what that is. And he also have almost blackballed us by treating us like we are one of the uh, one of the, the the many many people that pay to go to shows instead of a wrestling show that we are. We are the 2013 winners of the wrestling award, best new show of the year, and we was only in business for a few months. And I think that's something to really say. And to the fans of MCW, I have no grief. I have no beef with you. I have nothing about you. But to Dan McDevitt, if anybody's listening, if anybody's close to him, if anybody can, can pass him the, the headphones or the laptop or, or, or anything, if you're listening, no, I don't like you. No, I don't like your promotion. And me personally, you're going to fail just like everybody else because you're not in it for the boys. You're not in it for the guys who got broken marriages, guys who, who got families and kids. You're in it just for a buck. Like you told me before, this is a hobby to you. And to us, it's more than that. I haven't received one dime for doing the show, and I never asked for one. And nor has tech. Nope. We do this yeah. show for the love of the boys. In the back, to the referees, to the families at home. No, I have no respect for MCW. But I respect because the guys like Drolix or Nui or the Hellcats and, and other great indie wrestlers down there who's doing that thing. I'm just sorry that y'all have to work under a guy who has no respect for not even your talent, but for the business itself. And, and that's all I, I got. I got. I got to say this though. And you guys, real quick, but people that have shown you respect, like. Stevie Ray, 1CW. Jimmy Dream has shown you guys a lot of respect at ACW. Rage invited you up to our inaugural show, and you're coming back again. 
So let's just make this clear. The three of us, these three promoters, you know, two promoters, including myself, we recognize what you guys are doing, and it's wonderful. Thank you. But to people like Dan McDevitt, who want to look at you guys and say, you know what, I'm going to call somebody else at the same organization that just so happens to be white and you guys are black and not invite you back, I'm sorry, Dan McDevitt, if you're out there and you're listening, you're a fucking asshole. You're going to undercut Tech and Game Boy when they're the award-winning team. You don't see talent anymore because you buy it. You know what that makes you, Dan? It makes you a money mark. And I hope you're listening. I hope you hear this. I challenge you. Put on an indie wrestling show. Because guess what? You can't do it anymore. You cannot put asses in seats unless you spend ten to $15,000 on former Hall of Famers, well, current Hall of Famers, former big-name talent. You can't put that show on anymore. Because your heart's not in it. So I challenge you to please do that for the fans. They deserve it. And they deserve a hell of a lot better. And you can come on the air and say, I don't know what I'm talking about. Dan, you have no idea my wrestling background at all. I graduated from one of the top WWF schools in 1993. My first independent pay-per-view was WWE In Your House, 1995. What's your claim to fame? pay-per-view, Dan? Or let me ask you a question. Did you buy it? Because that's the only way you're getting it. A lot of people thank you for breaking in their careers. But right now, at this stage in the game, you told Game Boy you're only in it for a hobby. Guess what? My son has a hobby. It's collecting baseball cards. Maybe you should, you and him should get together sometime. Yeah, I, I do agree. You have a caller. Real quick, are you told four four three? Um, welcome to Under the Mat Radio. Hello. Um, Attack NFC Game Boy and Red from Hi, Rage Pro. Yeah. Hello, caller. Are you told caller four four three? Are you told four four three? Not sure. Uh, caller, say something. Caller. Yeah. Caller's going to let you go. Okay. Ask anybody, do you call, please? When you do call, please make sure you're ready to, to speak. Currently, we're waiting for our next guest to call in. Um, Red, if you don't mind staying on us until um, Dan Acosta calls in. But uh, I do agree with you, Red. Um, not just you, but there's other promoters and there's been other wrestlers in the insides that said everything that you've said is haven't said it publicly. And, and, and ta- let, let, ta- let me stop you because I'm getting, I'm getting texts from, from, from people let me let me just set the record straight so you all would understand. I'm not dissing MCW, and I'm not dissing what those guys do because a lot of those guys are my friends. I know them personally. Yeah, I know them outside of the ring. What I am dissing is the man who's supposed to be, quote, unquote, the brainchild behind this. Maybe your intentions was good in the beginning, but some way around along the way you lost your way. And I'm just trying to remind you that – like Big Red said, this is not a hobby. You're playing with people's life and their livelihood. These are grown men and women, and this is a job. And their job is to put asses in the seats and give them a hell of a show. And if you sit there and you treat them like they dolls or they toys or something, then what, that sh- what does that show? Are you not only playing with the intelligence of, your, of, of 
the fans who pay for a ticket, but you're also paying with the intelligence of the your workers. So what type of respect is that? Is yeah, that? one. No, it isn't. And here's the thing: yeah. there is a lot of great talent in that yeah. MCW farm system. I mean, there's some great wrestling going on with those guys. But it's like, you know, once a year he does his Shamrock Cup, and it's like that's the only time he showcases these guys, you know. And mm-hmm. But these guys, you know, it's like he doesn't have enough faith in them to put asses in the seats, you know. Right. He did 10 years ago, you know. I mean, there. I, I personally believe that between ACW – MCW, 1CW, okay, and a lot of other great indie feds. I mean, God, there's just so much talent there that can be showcased. You know, give the fans what they want. Wrestling. If if you just want to do an autograph session, promote it as that. Don't don't try and mislead the fans. You know, to spend forty because Dan's Dan's tickets aren't cheap because he has to spend a lot of damn money. You know. <clears throat> So when you're spending 20 to $70 on tickets, you know, for a Dan McDevitt show with all these Hall of Famers, you should hit them up on Facebook and say, hey, how much are the autographs for your show? <clears throat> or is it included with my ticket? That way Dan can tell you, nope, you got to pay for that separately and buy the 8 by 10 That way I can sucker you in a door for 120 bucks. That's a lot of money, okay? to the average working person. Now, you got to multiply that times two, three people? No. You know, give the fans what they want, Dan. Wrestling. Sure. Don't give them, you know, a guest. Don't give them a guest referee. Don't give them, you know, somebody who's going to come in and be a special enforcer for three minutes to, you know, <clears throat> why one of your top guys is a jobber for one night. Sure. Give them a show. Do that again, and, Dan. And- and Ray, and Ray, we do thank you much. We have a, we have our next guest. We have Dan Acosta on the line. But um, real quick, Red, um, Dan, we're gonna put you on through in a second. Red, while we got you on, um, anything you want to plug before we let you go? Yeah, you know, everybody show up um, October 18th, Hanover, Pennsylvania, at the Armory. I have I personally have 44 tickets left to give away. You guys have your allotment of free tickets. Okay. We picked up another great sponsor who will be announced at the show, which is phenomenal. They're a national product, and they are going to be supporting Rage Pro, Rest- Rage Pro Wrestling through June of next year. So, it, great news. You know, check out Rage Pro Wrestling on Facebook and make sure everybody listening follow back with uh, Game Boy and Tech. Listen to the show. And uh, if you can't listen live, make sure you hit it up on the internet and check it out because it's always a great show. Okay. We thank you much, Ray. We do thank you. Take care, guys. Bye. Thank you. Uh, welcome back, friends, under the Matt Radio. We do apologize for that. We just dealt with some technical difficulties at the moment. Um, we asked Dan, uh, Dan Acoustic, please give us a call back. Uh, for some reason, the board ended up just dropping all the calls. And it's a game we will be back momentarily. Um here to leave out and take care of something um business wise for us. But we just say if Red Rage for Wrestling, great promoter that he is. Thank Red definitely for promoting. If you can fans, please call in please come in to see Rage for Wrestling Live October the eighteenth. 
at Hanover, PA. If you're interested in any free tickets, contact Tech or NFC Game Week on Under the Mats Radio or email to say Under the Mats Radio at gmail.com. All that being said, now we're going to bring NFC Game Boy back in live, and live, live, live right now. NFC Game Boy is back, and now we have a great professional musician, professional actor, professional screen, now I'm saying screenwriter, professional <laughs> songwriter, lyricist. He is currently the star of the Weather Channel's new show, Fat Guys in the Woods. We're going to bring back now Mr. Dan Acosta. Welcome to Under the Mat Radio. Hey, how are you guys? Hey, what's going on, oh, bro? Wow. How you been, man? I'm good. How you guys doing good, down there? Doing good. Now, thank you, man, for being on the show. You can turn it on now. We saw we saw your link. We got to speak off the air. I know you're a very fiery person. With us being uncensored, you can let it all loose. <laughs> yeah, let me tell you, on this show, I was I was dubbed the king of the f bombs, but you know, I'll try to I'll try to keep it under control a little bit. It's fine. Uh, that's how we roll. Now, now, King of F-Bombs, I believe, uh, and it's a Game Boy. What's the record we had when we had Rip Rogers? I believe he um was the winner. Say again? I believe uh, Rip Rogers, uh, former WWE trainer, I think he said the most F-Bombs on our show. Yeah, I think I think he killed it. Yeah, it yeah, doesn't surprise so, me. <laughs> so that's, your, uh, <laughs> that's what you got to go up against now, Dan. <laughs> Oh yeah, well let me let me tell you, we start talking about the right subject, and that shouldn't be a problem. Does <laughs> anybody know if you got any four kids, any kiddies that's listening? It may be to your best interest to have to close their ears, have them go play uh, Pokemon, um, Wii. Anybody play the Wii yeah. Boy Game Boy? <laughs> they they don't the call Wii? me the black sheep for the hell of it, so I don't think so. I, I think I think they kind of died out. <laughs> well, we play any system, you know. You know, haven't watched TV, you know, haven't have played the Wii, the Xbox, you know, read a book maybe for once, <laughs> haven't watched the news. Dan, thank you so much for being on our show. No, thank there you guys are. for having me on. Very busy, man. First off, talk about what's current and what's new. You are currently the star of the Weather Channel show, Fat Guys in the Woods. I'm, emphasis, I'm putting emphasis on guys because I botched and called it Fat Boys in the Woods. <laughs> yeah, that's right, no big deal. Yeah, what it was, uh, we went down to Tennessee back in January. They flew me in, and we lived in the lived in the mountains for a week. So we had a we had a camera crew following us around all over the place. We were with a guy named Creek Stewart, who's a survival expert, and pretty much he took us out there. We had the clothes on our backs, and like uh, we had a survival straw with a filter, and uh, oh, what the fuck else we had? We had uh, uh, well, we had a knife, and that was it. And it was like, all right, guys, we'll see you Sunday. So, yeah, it was an interesting experience. <laughs> now, talk about the clip. Um, we, we've, uh, so we've uh, shared this clip on the show, and we'll share it again. There's a clip we used to promote in the show, Dan. You and um, you can talk about your other co-hosts, um, not co-hosts, co-stars. Y'all was trying to make wood, I believe, with, with uh, y'all trying to make fire with wood, and you had to kind of pull the stick back and forth. You want to explain that process? Yeah, that was the that was the first night we were out there. So right off the bat, I mean, we got out of the truck, and we met this dude, and he was just like, all right, here's your packs, here's what you're getting. Like I said, we got a straw, and we got a knife. And he was like, all right, we're heading into the woods. He goes, first thing we got to do is build shelter. So we, uh, you know, we threw together. We, he managed to find a spot between two slabs of, like, sandstone. So it was, like, the mm. perfect place. We just threw some logs across the top, covered it with leaves, 
threw dirt on top of that to seal it up because it started raining. The you know they said we we're getting rain that week, uh, so that kind of waterproofed it. So we kind of like lived in this little like makeshift kind of cave that uh, we we said kind of looked like a fort. So uh, after that, the first thing we started to do was was build fire. So he put together um, a bow drill. I don't know if you guys know what a bow drill is. But pretty much that's where you take just a piece of the paracord, you put it on a curved stick, and then you use it back and forth, almost like um, kind of like playing a violin, like a violin bow. You go back and forth with it. Same thing, you hold the wood down. You go back and forth with this thing as fast as you can. You try to get it to spark an ember. That way you could start your fire with it. But we did one okay. that was like just monstrous. So it was a, a three-man bow drill. And he said it's the biggest bow drill he's ever attempted in his life, so he didn't know if it was even going to work. So that's what that clip was, was us trying to start a fire with, like, this just monstrous friggin' uh, bow drill made out of, uh, I forgot what kind of wood it was. can't even remember now, because that was a while ago. But it was just a, it was a really, you know, just solid piece of wood just trying to get this thing to, to get the friction up to build a fire with it. So I ended up breaking the fucking thing. It was crazy. I thought these guys were going to snap on because it was the only one we had. And we'd already been at it, I think, for like an hour or so, trying to put the fire together, and then I ended up snapping the spindle. So we got lucky on that one. <laughs> now, give a quick, you know, we, you know, we have on our show great wrestlers, past, present, um, local wrestlers and whatnot, and, and different artists and musicians. Your music, and we want to give a big shout-out to our good old brother from another mother, another great Evan, Evan Ginsberg. Thank you much. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. You know, he, Evan's, Evan's hooked me up a million times on his show because uh, I actually met Evan through wrestling because I also trained to be a wrestler, so I've been doing a lot of indie shows up here on Long Island. So that's uh, something else I got my hands in now, too, is uh, for the past two years I've been training and uh, doing shows with ECPW, which is a jersey company by Gino Caruso. I've been working with his company on Long Island in their, in their division up here. So that's how I met Evan, and Evan's a great person. I you know can't can't ever say anything bad about him. He's out there trying to do his best to push everything, help everybody with music, wrestling, you name it. Mm-hmm. It is Evan is is a good dude. Uh, explain for people that want to know. Uh, with a lot of these reality shows that's on TV, uh, you say reality show about everything in the woods, in the kitchen, cooking, singing, whatnot, dancing, doing backflips, whatnot. How much of the show that you did, how much reality TV is real, or how much of it is actual scripted, or do the producer actually let you know? Yeah, well, that was the good thing about Fat Guys in the Woods, is that that was just straight up legit from start to finish. And I've been on shows where they don't script it, but they kind of like try to coach you in a certain direction. But the good thing with this is that these guys didn't do that. They would just like go out there, be yourself, and... Learn learn as much as possible because on the last night that we were out there, we all had to go our separate ways. So I spent 24 hours by myself. I had to find my own shelter, build my own fire, and survive the night by myself. So I didn't even have a camera crew with me overnight. It was just like, you know, the the camera crew was with me, watching me build everything and put everything together, but nobody was helping. That you know, nobody was touching anything. It was strictly on us. So we all had to learn throughout the week. So we could survive that one night by ourselves. So, I mean, that show was just straight up legit from start to finish. You know, we went without water. We had to find water. We had to find food. I ended up eating honeybees on that show because we couldn't even trap anything. So we got lucky. We found honeybees frozen in the bottom of a dead tree stump while we were searching for food. 
and we found the honeycomb, and that's pretty much what we lived off of. Hmm. So, I mean, other shows, like I said, they try to kind of, like, like push you in a certain direction. And like, hey, wouldn't it be cool if, like, you did this? Or, or is it possible that you could do something like this? But they don't actually script them, you know, at least not ones that I've worked on. They just kind of give you some pointers here and there. And then, you know, the main thing is, like, forget there's a camera in your face. Just be yourself and, and ignore the camera. It is, and and, and Fugi, with, with you being a big man and everything, and everyone saw a big man, you know, hold on to heat. Was it easier for you? Did, did you being a big guy? Did it help you at all being outside in the cold, or no. did you, you know, did you find yourself getting aggravated and frustrated? Well, what was happening was, uh, you know, we we were all working through, so you really weren't thinking much about, like, we didn't think about food because we were too busy working on other things. So when you when you get busy out there, you kind of tend to forget about all the little things that normally would aggravate you, you know, in your normal life. But with heat, someone had said that uh, on the on a group page that we have, someone said, oh well, you know, fat guys tend to hold on to heat, so they couldn't have been that cold or or something similar like that. I was like, you're out of your mind. I'm like, holding on to body temperature and being hungry has nothing to do with being fat. You know what I mean? <laughs> has nothing to do with that. It's all just a mental thing. I'm like, we get cold, we get hungry just like you do, you know, even if you are 100 pounds lighter than me. And, uh, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I still, I had I had like four, three or four layers on plus a jacket. I had to build a fire. Otherwise, I would have literally froze and developed hypothermia out there and ended up in a hospital. Wow. But it's for the, it was for the greater good, though, right? Oh, absolutely, because it gave <laughs> me a chance to actually push myself because at that point, back in January over the winter, I was getting real complacent because, I mean, you guys know, we were getting hammered with snow up here on the East Coast. So uh-huh. I, wasn't, I wasn't out. I wasn't being active. All I was doing was just sitting back and, like, just watching it snow, and I got to a point where I was sitting in front of my computer for 12, 14 hours a day. So the reason why I went on this show was because I wanted to push myself, get out of that comfort zone, and get out of that little like laziness, that little winter depression I was settling into. So the show allowed me to just like really test myself to see if I could even do it, if I could survive the week without needing anything, you know, any other assistance. So that solo night was actually a really good thing because it just let me contemplate on all the nonsense that I had back here at home and just kind of forget about everything for a week and concentrate on just me. Wow. Well, somebody wants to know. I just got a Facebook uh, question. Dan, let us know about yourself and your writing and acting background. Um, well, I've been a musician for the past 20 years. So uh, I started playing guitar when I was 14. I was actually in reform school. So, again, I, you know, the Black Sheep's not just a nickname. <laughs> Unfortunately, I've been the Black Sheep from day one, so... I was in a reform school when I was younger, and I learned how to play guitar as a way to try and stay out of trouble. Uh, started out playing with the band in 94. Uh, the band's called Axis Unknown. We do hard rock and metal. Uh, I also do a lot of acoustic stuff, too. And then from there, like, the more I got involved with the band, I started doing charity work. Then some of the wrestlers, uh, local indie guys, had liked my music, and they started using my music as their entrance themes. And then... Um, Believe it or not, there was a group called the Order of the Black, a uh, wrestler named Stockade. I'm sure you've heard of them before, NYWC, mm-hmm. uh, Ace Pro Wrestling. Stockade and I became friends, and then uh, his manager, Crusher Dugan, 
he came up to me and he gave me this idea. He's like, hey, listen, I got a song that I've been working on. I've been I've been working on a riff. Let's throw it together and let's make a custom theme song for the group, which at the time the group consisted of Stockade. Uh, Nicky Adams was in it at the time, Rex Lawless, Apollyon, Dickie Rods, and Mikey Whipwreck had just joined the group too. And Dugan oh, was the manager. Yeah, so me and Dugan sat down and we co-wrote a song together called The Prophecy. And that became their theme song. And that kind of got my foot in the door to, to become friends with more of the wrestlers. Like, I was friends with a bunch of them already because I'd been going to see their shows for a while. But that kind of got my foot in the door. And then some other wrestlers were using my stuff too. Um, notably, um, Bad Boy Rocky Shore. He was with the uh, Iraqi Butchers at the time with ECPW. And I'd also started training with him, so he was using one of my songs, too. He's the guy that actually gave me my chance to get in the ring and start training. So he trained me. He had a school called Ringside Pro Wrestling. And I used to go to his place three, four times a week and train with those guys. And that's pretty much how I got into wrestling. And then from the wrestling, that kind of snowballed over into all the reality TV shows and the acting because everybody was like, wow, you know, wrestling's so popular. And here it is. We got a guy who does music. He does wrestling. Let's pull them in. And people started pitching ideas to me. I started submitting to stuff. And then little by little, I started getting picked up to do some of the reality shows. So everything just kind of snowballed into itself. Wow. But it, I'll tell you, it's a lot of work, though. It's a lot of footwork because I have to go out and I have to do, I do all my own submissions. I don't have an agent or anything like that. And I also run a company called GDA Media Group, which is a video and photography company. But I also do graphic design, so I design T-shirts for the guys and stuff like that. But through that, that's how I started getting my, my name out there and started pushing into everything. It was just lots and lots of work. I don't sleep at nights. While you guys are sleeping, I'm up on the Internet, and I'm submitting to casting calls. I'm looking for jobs, for photography jobs, video jobs. So that's, that's pretty either. much it's just a lot of work. Me and NFC game, we won't sleep either. So. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's the thing. You know, no, I'm, I'm I'll, I'll, I'll sleep. Oh, yeah, I tell everybody all the time, I'm like, success doesn't come with a sleep package. You know what I mean? Exactly. If you want to sleep, then don't don't plan on being successful if you're going to spend all your time with your eyes closed. What is the saying? They say you sleep when you're dead, when you, exactly. when you made it. So. <laughs> yep. Mm. And, and with that, too, a reality show, you you write songs, and we'll, we'll talk more about your uh, musical career in a few I want to give first big ups to the, our buddy, Mikey Wentrack. Uh If you talk to Mikey Wentrack, Dan, just mention the words government cheese. <laughs> he will know what we're talking <laughs> about. Uh, we actually had it tw- twinning on Twitter. Uh, we actually had a, had a search, uh, NFC Game Boy and Red from Rage Pro Wrestling, was trying to find the square government cheese because uh, Mikey didn't like the circle, the round government cheese. So we had yeah, it on no, Twitter. And Mikey I, like the, I like the long blocks. I grew up on okay, that so stuff too, so I, I know it well. So apparently you like the long. No, no, where's the love for the round government cheese? Where's the love? Nah, for you it? know what? We never got the round ones. We always got that rectangular block that came in a cardboard box. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So just like you, Dan, uh, you talked to Mikey, and we had the privilege to, to talk to Mikey face to face and um, chat with him. Um, Dan Acusta and Mikey Wentrack. And I believe Zach Ryder from the WWE even tweeted, too, everybody's on the search for the black government cheese. <laughs> and if there's anybody that has love for the wrong government cheese, please call in 760 
347-215-7749. But with that moving on, speaking of food, you also, if I'm correct, Dan, we're on a couple of reality shows uh, featuring food on the Food Network with Bobby Flay. Yeah, I did uh, I did one episode of Worst Cooks in America, and actually Stockade was on that episode with me, too. We did a biker party down in Brooklyn one day. So it was cool. We got to hang out. They were doing uh, a chicken wing challenge, buffalo wings and stuff. So all the different contestants had made up their own flavors of buffalo wings, and we were kind of like just the bikers walking into the bar, hanging out at the party, and then just tasting everybody's food. So that that was a cool experience. Got to meet Bobby, got to meet Ann bunch of the contestants so it was we had a good time on that one and uh i also did uh i shot an episode of um was it rachel and guy's celebrity cook-off so that was a lot of fun but they were having all sorts of technical difficulties with the cameras so they ended up sending us home real early but that one um let's see vanilla ice was on that one they had um florence henderson who was mrs brady she was on there it was it was really cool. So I got to meet a bunch of people on that one too. Had a good time. Hmm. Okay. Now with that, um, talk about Bobby Flay real quick. I know many NFC Game Boy. I know NFC Game Boy. NFC Game Boy can cook a mean steak. Or we'll, we'll give it to him. Um, big ups. NFC Game Boy can cook. So can I. We do a mean pot roast. Bobby Flay is he? Inside <laughs> <laughs> so pitch out that Game Boy. <laughs> Dan. Bobby Flay, you know, we, we watch uh, Food Network here and there. You know, women, we cook and stuff and all of it. He always says there's a mean skull and this growl on his face. Is is he really, is he like that in person? Is he really competitive like that or is he really a nice guy? Well, when the camera comes on, like he's got the, he, he's like, you know, like everybody else. When when the camera's on, it's like he goes into his little gimmick, he goes into his character. But, uh, you know, when he was just talking to us, He's talking to us just like a normal person, nothing crazy, you know, laughing with a few people, hanging out, just BSing a little bit. So it wasn't that bad. You know, uh, Ann Burrell, she was kind of short with people. She really, you know, she kind of, I kind of got the vibe from her that she really didn't want to be bothered with too many people. And, uh, mm. you know, normally they don't allow us to take pictures on the sets either. So that's why, like, nobody was allowed to take any pictures. But a couple people were sneaking them. And that was kind of pissing them off. So it's like, you know, they, they they were there to work pretty much. So you really don't get too much interaction time with them. It's just in real real quick passing, like, hey, what's up? Nice to meet you. Oh, yeah, thanks for coming down. And that's about it. That's like the whole extent of your conversation if you're lucky. So you know, we pretty much spent most of the day without them even being in the room because they were in their trailers getting prepped. Wow. Wow. And it's a game boy. Oh, one question I want to ask is, you know, with, with all these reality shows that you've been involved with and stuff, and with pro wrestling, you know, a lot of people say that it's pretty much a reality show within itself. Um, what is the misconceptions that you think that with somebody saying that, that, you know, with the two, you know, with one being an actual reality show and people saying well, wrestling is just a reality show? What is the misconceptions that you can, can tell uh, uh our audience, our fans, to let them know, like, hey, you know, hold up, there's some differences, you know. Yeah, well, the thing that the thing that I get all the time is everybody's always asking me if wrestling's fake. I constantly get that from everybody because they're like, you guys don't really get hurt, you guys don't really beat each other up. So everybody's constantly asking me about that. My response is, I had rotator cuff surgery. Anytime you feel free and you want to pay my doctor bills, you let me know how fake it is. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, <laughs> you know, there's nothing fake about it. I'm like, 
I'm like, go ju- go jump off the top of your friggin' you know the the top of your car, jump off the roof of your car, and you know try and land that in a pile of leaves. You tell me how fake it is, you know. But uh, a lot of people compare with the wrestling. I've heard it called like men's soap opera because of the storylines. They're like, yeah, it's like a, it's like you know a men's version of like Days of Our Lives or something. And to a point, I'm like, yeah, you know, kind of is because we have these rivalries. You want to keep your storylines going and everything. But, I mean, that's the biggest thing, though, is everybody always says that wrestling's fake. And I'm like, mm-hmm. until you actually get in there and you get picked up and slammed and you take a bump or you come off the ropes, I go, you know, don't tell me it's fake. You know, I've been injured. I know other people that have had injuries worse than mine. I'm like, yeah, you know what, they teach us exactly. how not to hurt each other, but it still happens. You know what I mean? When you're punching somebody... You slip up, you punch them in the mouth. You you think it's not going to hurt? I'm like, it happens. You know what I mean? You you get you still got to make contact with her, with with the person you're working with. So I'm mm-hmm. like, it, you know, because it just it, I don't know. It kind of annoys me. And even when I was just on the outside of the ropes, looking in, watching as a fan, you know, the same thing. People be like, oh, that's so fake. That's so fake. And I'd be like, well, then why are you here? You know what I mean? Why are you watching it then if it's so fake? Turn it off, walk away, and go watch something else. You know? <laughs> it used exactly. to annoy me even as a fan. Now it annoys me even more because I'm on the inside. It annoys me even more. You know, but that's what happens. You know, everybody looks at it because honestly, you know, if you're going to kick somebody in the face, you know, it's going to hurt. You know, but obviously we're not going to kill each other. So that's why they're like, oh, you know, if you really got picked up and slammed through a table, you wouldn't be able to walk. And I'm like. No, it's not true. I, I've been hit with a chair. I'm still good. You know, I've been hit with a kendo stick. I'm still good. I'm like, it hurts, but, you know, that's part of the game. That's how it works. But definitely not fake. Mm. What, what was, you know, when you've been in, into wrestling, then we'll move on to, you, to your music career, too. What was the hardest thing for you to grasp, for you to, to adjust to? Uh, with the wrestling? Yes. Uh, let me tell you, right now, my biggest thing is cardio. Cardio, cardio, cardio. Because I'm a big dude, and I see guys that are my size and bigger, and these guys run circles around me. That's the hardest thing is you have to really, really push your cardio to do this. It's no joke. You know, you're going full force inside this ring. It could be anywhere from 10 minutes to a half hour or whatever. I mean, it's exhausting. You know, even a three-minute match, my first match – that I had my first solo match was three minutes. I think I maybe threw two kicks and, and a couple of punches. And in that three minutes, I was absolutely exhausted. And then that put it wow. into perspective how really out of shape I was at the time. <laughs> and that like I got a whole new respect for this business the minute I stepped into that ring. When I took my first bump and I ran ran the ropes for the first time, I was like, Jesus, how do these guys do this? Like, these guys are... are, are madmen with some of the stuff they do but yeah, let me tell you the hardest thing for me was just cardio and and chain wrestling too just remembering remembering how to do things properly because it's all repetition you got to constantly practice 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 train and train and train because it's all repetition because if you lay off like when i went out with the rotator cuff surgery i laid off for like three four months and then when I first got back into ring, I was like, damn, I feel lost in here because I haven't done it in so long. And it was like starting from scratch again because it was like, shit, i got to get back into the repetition of it so I can remember how the moves work, which way to do it, how, you know, make sure I'm doing them properly. So I can't stress that enough with people. 
it's you got to you got to constantly stay on top of your game because it, it's constantly evolving. Guys are getting better, better, stronger, faster. It, it's hard to keep up with everybody. Now, what is your? Wow, I, you, I can only you, imagine. <laughs> yeah, I can only. I've I've been inside uh, a couple of professional rings, and the ring the ring is not soft, ladies and gentlemen. Anybody think that's like a mm-hmm. little mattress? The ring is not soft at all, <laughs> and the ropes do burn. Uh, definitely does. Damn, with you being a wrestling, you being a man of a lot, um, a lot of talents. Talk about your mental process. You being a wrestler, you have a certain process you go through. Now, talk about you writing music. How do you start writing music? And, and after I mention this, I'm gonna turn it over to uh, NFC Game Boy since he's a hip hop artist and he has a, a, a mobile app and has done three albums. He could, you know, better explain it. But talk about your mental process, uh, what do you go through when you think about writing music or when you have, like, a beat in your head? Well, I mean, that that's the thing. Like, like my mental preparedness for wrestling is a little different because I'm I'm still just a greenhorn rookie. I've only been doing it for about two years. With music, though, my writing actually comes from personal experiences, like things I've done, places I've been, people I know, you know, that, so... Uh, lately, though, I've been having like crazy writer's block. It's been driving me insane because we're trying to get a new CD put together, and we're only like one song and like four or five different riffs in. So, still working on that one. But uh, I pretty much just write from from the heart, from the head. You know, things that I'm feeling at the time. Like if I'm angry, it comes out in my music. If I'm sad, it comes out in my music. Um, perfect example. I got divorced, and when I did, I went through like a two, three week depression. And I just went on an alcohol binge. I was drinking, you know, just trying to drown my sorrows. And then I realized, like, you know, I was going about it the wrong way. Put the pen to paper, and I ended up doing a 12-song CD in a matter of, I don't know, maybe two weeks. I ended up writing 12 songs, and the whole thing was about how I was feeling going through this divorce. Uh, ended up putting together an acoustic CD called Check Your Baggage at the Door. Because even the title of the, of the CD was like, you know, got to drop this baggage and move on. So it really depends on, you know, whatever just inspires me. You know, I've got songs written about other people that I know, just places I've been, experiences. It's all from personal experience. Hmm. Turn it over to NFC Game Boy, since uh, this is your area, your brother, with the music. Well, yeah, you know, um, I've been doing music for over 10 years now, and um uh, a lot of people ask me, you know, how how do you keep your success? You know, how do you stay grounded? How do you, you know, continue to write? And I always tell people that as an artist and as I can't call myself a musician because I don't play any instruments, but as an artist, you know, you try to stay current with the times and you try to tell your own story with whatever, uh, uh, whatever way that you can um, put it out there. It's not easy it is very, very, very hard. And the reason why it's so hard is because you're trying to tell people a story, your story, in a way where everyone can relate. And when you're trying yeah. to be relatable and you're not oh, really yeah. current with the times and stuff, that is the, the hardest task of all. Yeah, but, absolutely. Um, I would say for you to be so successful in music and in wrestling and with the two you know, it's not like a lot of characters that come into the business and they a music star or rock and roll star or, you know, the, the typical token black rappers or, or whatever. 
you know, for you to actually be behind the scenes and do um, um, interest themes and, and show themes and stuff. It is it's a very grueling job because, you know, this is your pretty much your signature, your trademark, and you're helping to develop a product that you didn't originally start. You're just adding on. And, you know, a lot of people may not think of it that way, but that's really what it is. You're adding on to the, the greater good. And I, as an artist, I can tell you I am truly, truly commended and, and want to tell you that you have done an excellent job. I got a chance to listen to some of your work before we got on the air earlier. And, you know, it, I can hear the, 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 the years that you have put into it. And it's, it's very good work, very great work. No, so I thank just you. I appreciate that, that because, uh, you know, like my main goal when it comes to writing this stuff is, like you said, you gotta write. You gotta write something that people can relate to, but at the same time, you're trying to tell your own story, and that that I found was the hardest part. But one thing that really helped me out, though, was in school when I was younger. I did a lot of reading. I did a lot of writing, creative composition, and believe it or not, stuff like that really, really helped me be able to express myself on on paper. When it came down to writing the lyrics, for instance, so I started out doing poetry could have been like sixth seventh grade who knows all these years later it all came back to me because even in college i took creative writing and and just by doing all this reading and all this writing and on top of that too opening myself up to more influences than just my own style of music because let me tell you my ipod has probably got one of the most eclectic uh, collections of music you'll you'll see i i do karaoke i go out i sing i, I do house of pain I'll do Snoop Dogg, but at the same time, I'll sing Tom Jones. I'll do, like, Dean Martin. <laughs> then I'll sing Tool. Then I'll do Metallica. You know what I mean? Like, my, my musical influences are from all over the place. They're not just one genre. I have a video on YouTube where I do an acoustic cover of Poker Face by Lady Gaga, and then I followed it up in a montage doing uh, Sober by the band Tool. You know, and everybody looks yeah. at me like, like, where, you know, your influences are so weird. But that's what rounded me out as a musician because then I didn't like kind of cornhole myself into just one style of music, one style of writing. You know, and I think that's that's a big thing that a lot of young musicians don't understand is that you need to get influences from all over the place, not just one specific area. Because when you do that, you limit yourself to what your creativity can be. Exactly. Well said. Some of my favorite artists don't even perform anymore. You know, I, I listen to Journey and Phil Collins, Billy Joel, mm -hmm. you know, um, Pat Benatar. You know, a lot of these artists are pop stars, you know, mm -hmm. uh, contemporary um, pop stars. And yeah. you don't, people people you know, laugh at me when, like, I pull up to a red light and I'm I'm blasting, like, and old school NWA or I got Ice Cube or Ludacris on. They see the white boy with the bandana and the tattoos, like, just wrapping up a storm. And they're like, what are you listening to? They're like, oh, we figured you for more of a rock and metal guy, so then I'll flip on Pantera. Like, oh, is this is this more appropriate? I'm like, what's the big deal? But yeah, it's a thing. You, you have to have that. You got to have that that variety. Otherwise, like I said, mm -hmm. it gets stale because then you limit yourself. Yeah, I will. Wait, why do you why do you feel? Um, and this is digging deep in in music. Ennis Game Boy, he's a he's a performer. Why not? I'm a musician. I play bass guitar, five, um, four and five string. Now, 
where do you think the stereotypes with music come in? You know, look at how you are. You know, you're a big guy, muscular guy, white guy, oh, long, dark every, hair. Everything's all about looks. The minute someone right. looks at you, they just have this automatic assumption. Like, they look at me, tattoos, you know, big dude with tattoos, crazy beard, bandana. Oh, he's got to be like one of those crazy, hard, heavy metal guys. Everybody assumes that I yell and scream when I sing before they hear the music. I'm like, no, I actually sing. I've been singing since I was six. You know, I started out in chorus in, in elementary school, but everybody automatically assumes from my look that I'm just going to be like, rawr, 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 you know, just yelling and screaming. And then they see black guys and they're like, oh, well, he's either got to be a jazz player or a rapper. And it's like, why? Well, look at him. Okay, what about him? Well, he's black. Yeah, so what does that have to do with anything? I'm like, by the way, that, that happens to be a lead guitar player in a metal band. <laughs> and they're like, really? I'm like, yeah, why does that surprise you? <laughs> it's it's crazy how people stereotype everything. And two, you know, I, I'm the biker guy, so right off the bat, everybody thinks I'm a criminal, you know. And I and I'm proud to say I've never been arrested in my entire life, and I plan on keeping it that way. But everybody automatically assumes tattoos, rides a motorcycle, plays heavy metal. How many times you've been locked up? I've had cops. Yeah, welcome, welcome to our world. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Right. You know, I, I actually got profiled on my motorcycle one night because I fit a description. I was a large Hispanic on a red sport bike because back then I had a Suzuki. I had a TL1000 and almost got Ooh. locked up for armed robbery just because I was in the wrong place at the wrong time but fit a profile. So I know exactly what you guys uh, talk about all the time. You know what I mean? I have Spanish friends that get profiled. I've got black friends that get profiled. I got profiled. You know, I'm Puerto Rican. Everybody thinks I'm Italian, but I'm Puerto Rican, so I got profiled on that, and I was like, damn, now I know what everybody's talking about. Like, this shit is crazy. It's 2 o'clock in the morning, and I'm like, this guy's got his gun drawn on me, and I'm spread eagle on my motorcycle, and I'm like, what the fuck? All I did was just drive by, you know? (laughs) Yeah, we're speeding, but still, don't kill me, you know? It's insane. Wanna wanna give a quick shout out to uh, our uh, professional and personal buddy Diaz, current uh, ACW cruiserweight champion. Uh, he pops. He said, "Yes, Dan, I love Phil Collins also." So you're getting a lot of some of the boys actually popping. Pop nice. <laughs> Did you mention Phil? <laughs> Phil Collins, who who can't you know? I don't know anybody know um, who can't play the drums anymore. He has a back. I believe you heard his back playing drums at the tour. He can't play drums anymore. Yeah, that's a shame, too. That guy was a great drummer. But, you know what? Good songwriter, though, so he's always got something else to fall back on, you know, Mm -hmm. which is another thing, too. A lot of kids forget. No guarantees in the entertainment business. You know, everybody looks at me, and they're like, oh, but you made it. I'm like, yeah, 20-plus years, I go, and honestly, I'm still, I'm still, I'm living in my mom's house. I got divorced. I moved out of my place, came back home. You know what I mean? So don't don't get me wrong. Don't think that I'm one of those rich, famous rock stars. That shit doesn't happen overnight. 20 years, I've had millions of different jobs. I've been a mortgage broker. Uh, I've been a bouncer in strip clubs. I've been an IT guy working for a company. I worked for Cablevision for a while. I mean, you name it, I've done it. I always tell my, tell everybody that I'm the jerk of all trades, master of none, because you got to have a backup plan. Like right now, I'm working for a haunted house. It's the first time I've ever done this. I, I start work for a haunted house called Chamber of Horrors, New York. Crazy, crazy haunted house. Like, literally, the the ones that you see on TV. You know, these guys, everybody's really cool there. But, again, you know, you got to have that backup plan. I do video and photography, but business is slow, so I joined this thing. Uh, we open up this Friday. It's our opening night in Hop Hog up here on Long Island. And, uh, you know, I tell everybody, you got to have a backup plan. 
Everybody thinks that, you know, okay, I made it in the music business. I'm rich. I'm famous. I'm good. No, you're not. Because that shit disappears as quick as you get it. Right. You know you know what, Dave? I, I want to I wanna put this out there. I would like to ask you, and I usually ask this about guests. I would like to ask you if there's any chance that you can check out my music and tell me um, your honest criticism. You oh, know, absolutely. If you like yeah, it and yeah, I love you know, what music. you think of it. I don't really do rapping as much as I used to. I, um, I've done my albums. I, I've, you know, I never was in it for the money. I made my point in music. I've, I've been showcased on television, satellite radio. Um, I've done shows like Tech said. I've had a, I've had a great career, even though no one's really, you know, I've never been famous off of it. But like I said, that was never my intention. It was to get a message out there, and I, I got the message across. But I would love for you to to take the time off you can to check out some of my work and and just give me your honest criticism from from one um you know from one musician to or one artist to another artist um I'm very curious for your ear of music you know to tell me you know what you know what would you think and um oh yeah no, absolutely you know, I, I will I will greatly appreciate that. everything you have I'll definitely check it out well if you have an Android phone or iPhone. Um, like Texas, I have a mobile app. Um, you oh, can it's download it. It's a mobile free. app. See, that's one yeah, thing I haven't I, done is I haven't done a mobile app. <laughs> I should one. Yeah, I, I bypassed a lot of people. <laughs> You'd be surprised how surprised people get when I tell them I have a mobile app. They'd be like, for real? Like, you have an app? I've had an app for two years. Yeah, and well, I, I, use, I, um, I use Reverb Nation for a lot of my stuff okay. because they, they've got great service over there. I, I was lucky enough to meet Lou. That, that created that website. I was lucky enough to meet oh, wow. him at the Knitting Factory one day down in Brooklyn. And uh, yeah, when it comes down to it, to being an artist, for people that really can't afford stuff, the ones that are struggling the most with first starting out in a business, Reverb Nation is like the greatest website to get your music out on. You know, because they, mm-hmm. they have so many free tools and free apps that you can use to get your music out there. And on top of that, you can do stuff like this. Like they'll do a mobile app with you and stuff like that. You know, you could pay for for extras. So I really should do one of these things, though. I haven't done it. <laughs> See, this oh, is I, where I'm lacking. You know, it's like I should be doing stuff like this, and I just haven't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would yeah, greatly appreciate yes, it. Yes, and what yeah. we do, if it's okay, okay with you, then you know, I have all your all your you know personal information. If it's okay, I share it to you know to NFC Game Boy, my brother, and you know have him. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely, without a doubt. Now, with with your mobile app, I can get that through the App Store on iTunes. Yes, just um, type in NSC. Um, yeah, give yourself Game a Boy. plug too. That way, everybody else can grab it as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, as iTunes or um, even your iPhone or your uh, yeah mobile app, if you have an Android phone, um, go in there, type in NSC Game Boy. Uh, you scroll down, you'll see a picture of me. I have, uh, I'm in a DeLorean actually. Um, the the Back to the Future DeLorean. That's where I took the picture. At. That's the cover photo. You'll see me. Download the app. Um, majority oh, yeah, of the yeah, I got it here. NSC Game Boy. Nice. Yes, that'll be me. Um, I have uh, one of my artists. Um, shout out to MD Nice, my man Mario Degree from Baltimore. Yeah, Oh, you know, get back in the studio, boy. And uh, uh, I have my three albums, Insert Coin, Hit, and Reset, and Debug Mode, all video game-themed albums. Um, very, very uh, lyrical, 
my last two albums, I don't even curse anymore. Like my first album is a little bit of cursing, but my last two albums, I just I just stopped cursing and just started just, and I got a lot of commercial success from that. Um, yeah. Even had my music played in the Ravens Stadium. Nice, um, very nice. Before. So yeah, I, I, my brother was just down there doing their uh, was that that little kickoff thing that they have with the school districts and everything. Mm-hmm. My younger brother, my younger brother's a phys ed teacher down there in Annapolis, and they were oh, doing really? a thing okay. with the Ravens. Yep. Yeah, shout out to my little bro. His name's Chris Acosta. He's got two daughters, yeah. wife down there. They're doing well. But he's a phys ed teacher down there. He also used to used to coach wrestling. So yeah, wrestling. Oh, okay. he's, he's actually the wrestler in the family growing up, which is the funny thing. He's the wrestler in the family, but I'm the one that got into the pro wrestling. <laughs> now he, he's a runner. He does all the marathons. He's a former Marine, so he does all the marathons. I think he's a lunatic. Talk about cardio. He's the one to talk to. <laughs> Yeah, I think almost all Marines are like that. I have a cousin that's like that. Shout out to my cousin uh, Quincy. He's a former Marine, and he, you know, he, he always, they always like running. running yeah, my bass player is a former like Marine too. I've got a, yeah, I've got a lot of military in my family, but yeah, my my bass player is a former Marine as well. I got nephews in the military, nephews in the Army, Marines. I think we've had someone in every branch of the military in my family at one point or another. Except me, I'm the black sheep. I grew up with asthma, so I couldn't get into the military. I became a musician. <laughs> well, you being a black sheep, and I'm, you know, NFC Game Boy, you know, always good the fact that we, you know, we have all different talents besides, you know, hosting this the show, and we can we can talk about other great things, wrestling and other things too. Um, NFC Game Boy talked about the the logistics of writing a song. Me being a musician myself, playing an instrument, um, you play the guitar. What's your yeah. what's your baby? You know, anybody that don't know don't understand. Being a musician, NFC Game Boy is a lyricist and that sings. So certain things that only Dan and NFC Game Boy you get that I won't. Those that play a musician that actually play an instrument, we actually name it. Sometimes some musicians name my instruments, and some people you get personally attached to our instruments. So when I ask you, Dan. You play the guitar. What's your favorite guitar? What's your baby when you go well, to a, I have, a guitar I store? Have, yeah, I have I have three guitars. Well, four guitar. I have probably four or five, maybe six guitars. But I have three guitars that I specifically go to all the time. Uh, one of them is a Les Paul, but it's not it's not a real Les Paul. Everybody thinks it is. It's actually a knockoff Les Paul that I bought back in 1994. It's called a Honer Rockwood, but it, it hmm. looks just like a Les Paul, plays just like a Les Paul, and unfortunately, it's just as heavy as a Les Paul. <laughs> this freaking guitar weighs a ton. <laughs> Uh, that's my baby. I used to call that one Tramp, and and everybody's like, "Why Tramp?" And I'm like, "Because it likes to be played hard and heavy." <laughs> so, hey. But um, believe it, my newest one though that I picked up a couple of years back, it's a BC Rich Son of a Beast, and it's like just a really really cool guitar. Um, so I use it for else. all my heavy stuff, but it, it's called the Son of a Beast. If you look it up, it's a red and black guitar. Now, all my logos and everything, they're all trademark logos. My colors have always been red and black from day one. So it just kind of fit in. And then uh, I also do airbrushing and, and stuff in the graphic design. So I customized the guitar, airbrushed it, put, put the band logo on it. So I've got, you know, I've got Tramp, I've got the Beast. And then I have this other one. I have a Yamaha Silent Series Acoustic. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that before. Uh, that's just the one that's the outline of the guitar. It's just a frame. But it's oh. like got all oh. these crazy electronics in it. 
and sounds phenomenal when you plug this thing in. That's what I use for all my recordings when I do my acoustic stuff. I play it everywhere. That thing has traveled the country with me. I bought that in 2003. So that thing goes absolutely everywhere with me. That's my little Yamaha. I, I go nowhere without that guitar. It goes on the planes with me. It's always in the car. I strap it to my back if I'm riding a bike somewhere. Because it, it, you take it apart, and it almost folds in half. So when it put when you put it in the case, it looks like a gun case. It's almost like a rifle case. So I just throw it over my shoulder and ride with it. Like Desperado. Uh, yeah, let me tell you, Homeland Security loves that guitar when I come walking through a freaking airport. <laughs> They love that guitar because I get I get hassled so much over that fucking thing. It's just, crazy. Just to be just to make things clear, NFC Game Boy, I laugh at this. Um, a little inside joke we have. You have, you're a professional musician. You play music. You sing. I've been playing music for about eleven, twelve years, playing bass guitar. NFC Game Boy, you you perform. Isn't it important, Dan, to make sure you always do sound checks before you perform? Oh yeah. Every okay, chance I, I just you get. I just wanted to double I just wanted to double check. Well, no, I've, I've been in a lot of situations <laughs> where I never had a chance to do a sound check because a lot of a lot of guys now, like a lot of these clubs here, they book five, six, seven bands a show, which in my opinion mm. is way too many. Because then everybody's going up, they're playing four songs, they're leaving. You don't even get a chance to connect with your audience. You do your four songs, you're only getting 20 minutes to a half hour on stage. It's just not its not enough time to showcase what you got and connect with your audience. So bands are so often on the stage, so quick that people forget who they are. They'll be like, hey, what was that last band that just played? And it's like, they just finished. Yeah, but who were they? But, uh, so a lot, of, a lot of times I get up there and they just do what's known as a line check. Line checks absolutely suck <laughs> because you just, it's like, I hope this sounds good. And that's just, that's all you get because they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, we sound check the, the the headliner. They always get a sound check. And then it's like first band on gets a sound check, the opener. And then after that, everybody just gets a line check. Cause it's like, all right, guitar, quick. All right, good. Vocals. All right, good. Drums. All right, done. All right, you guys ready? And that's it. <laughs> and it's like, no, we're not. I don't even know what the hell I sound like yet. <laughs> but yeah, it sucks. Sound checks are so important. If you can get a sound check in, always, always, always do a sound check. Okay, because I just wanted to make sure because you know we've we've had somebody in 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 a radio business. I mean, not mention names before. Try to let me and NSC Game Boy know that you don't need to do sound checks before you do a radio show. Oh no! Even on a radio then, show, you need to do sound checks. I, I thought so. I, I just wanted to make sure. I mean, and it's a game board. Just wanted to just double check. Yeah, right. that's especially perfect. on your well, especially on your end because you don't know what's coming out on this end. I've I've seen radio shows where the mic was too hot. Guys are talking into it, and you can't understand a word of what's being broadcast. But they don't know because they didn't sound check it. Okay. And then you know you end up calling into the show, going, "Hey guys, turn your mic down. I can't understand right. what you're saying." Then they get offended because they're like, don't tell me how to do my job. <laughs> well, real, real quick, while we got you, um, we can have you on for another three minutes. You play guitar. want to ask you, name right now if you can, top three guitar players of all time, any genre of music. Uh, my opinion, I would, my, my favorite is Zach Wilde. He played with okay. Ozzy. He's got Black Label Society. Uh, my second favorite, I would have to say, goes to... Uh, it's a tough one. 
there's so many of them. I would have to say I'm a big I'm a big Eddie Van Halen fan, but he's not yeah. one of my tops. But Prince, believe it or not, yeah. look, Prince is a phenomenal guitar player, and a lot of people just don't realize it. First time I saw him like play anything was the Purple Rain album. His guitar mm-hmm. solos were insane, and then I've just seen him get better and better. So he's another one. And then uh, I'm trying to think what what would be my my third choice. I'm not really into all the flashy stuff. I like guys that play with feeling. You know, I mean, I'm I'm more of a of an emotional guitar player than a flashy guy. Okay. So, uh, uh, I, you know, I, Eric, Eric Clapton. There's there's just so many. Yeah, yeah. I I, I was gonna mention Eric Clapton to me is one of one of my all time favorites. Uh, and I can't think of his name, the guitar player uh, for Journey. Um, yeah, yeah, that's another good one. He's another one. Uh, of course, you know Van Halen. Uh, you know, of course, Jimi Hendrix. Uh, Prince was always some of my favorite, uh, one of my favorites. And people always joke with Prince. You know, him singing and the man, the man, he's a beast on a guitar. Yeah, Definitely there was is. a there was another band that I saw. I don't know if you if you remember a group called the Subdudes. They were like uh, like a jazzy blues type thing, but they had a phenomenal guitar player and. Uh, there was a, there was another group too called Fat Burger Jazz Band that I worked well, I with heard, way back when. Yeah, I Fat Burger's got great guitar players. Just that that whole band, and and it's a shame that they didn't get the push that they deserved. That was a great band. Real quick, honorable mention to uh, you know Evan Ginsberg. Uh, will will knock us upside our head. We don't mention some of the old times like BB King. BB <laughs> King. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> He's probably screaming through, screaming at his computer yeah. right now. <laughs> Evan, if you're listening, I don't know if you're not listening live. He's going to listen uh, later on on the archive version. Uh, you know, BB King and uh, Jimmy Page. You know, because anything old school, we love you, Evan. Um, we got both team in the left real quick. I saw him play live. Oh. He's incredible, Carlos oh. Santana. Mm. But real quick, um, NFC Game Boy, you got uh, you got two minutes left. You want to add anything to you? Well, I just want to thank you for coming on the show, giving us an insight not just into your 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 music career and your wrestling career, but into your personal life, and and just you know letting the fans know you know the road that it took you to get here, and and you know you're still learning, and you know you've been a, a phenomenal guest, and to our other guests, you know Steve uh, and Big Red, you know shout out to them and Rage Pro Wrestling. Thank you guys for coming on the show. It's been a remarkable experience. Check out Rage Pro Wrestling in October. You already know what it is. And finally, real quick, a happy birthday to my boy, my brother, my man. I would not be here if it wasn't for him. My man, Tech, Evan, yo, tomorrow's your birthday. Happy birthday Thanks, to you, man. bro. I want to say it to you on the line. I love you daily, man. We, we started Thanks. from the bottom, you, and we keep on rising, man. Thank you so much. And yeah, thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks. And happy birthday, too, man. I'll hit you up on Facebook later. Thanks, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everybody do that. They're Facebook. They ain't old school when they call you. Oh, for every birthday, Facebook. Come on, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't for anyway, that. I'll probably get, like, probably get like 300 <laughs> Facebooks and like two phone calls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, real quick, we got 18 seconds. Um, Dan. 
Um, I will contact you right after we get offline uh, talk to talk to you about a couple of business um, ideas. Thank you very much to Steve Anderson, uh, Third Eye Comics. I'm your host, Tech, with co-host NC Game Boy. Don't forget, next week we'll have a winning voice uh, announcer, Jim Cooley from Mav TV, and we also will have Rosie from Rosie and the Hurricanes, Superhero in Training, and Rosie and Jamal for Three Minute Morning will be joining us. Please check us out under the Matt Radio, ProWrestlePowerhouse.com, under the Matt Radio, signing off. Love you much. Thank you. You know it. And the crowd say amen, baby. Shalom. Peace out.